<laughs> Welcome to Sam and Maggie oh. Hakley. Sam made a noise, which meant that I really needed to jump in there so that I could <laughs> the intro. Sure. Hello, this is a podcast where we watch Glee. We are finishing season four today. It's episode 22, All or Nothing. And let's sound off. There's me, Maggie. And me, Sam, as per usual. And me, Chris, as not, per not usual. <laughs> not usual, yeah, but uh, Chris is here to redeem himself after his last episode. You'll what? Remember. Redeem? What? <laughs> wow. This is what I live with. Yeah, I mean, that's some bullshit. Like, <laughs> the fact that he farts loud enough that a microphone that is not in the same no, room can no, pick no, it up, no. and that he, like, scorns you in this way, it's... It's For, too much. First of all, one, I, we're not going back into this, but two, it's in the same <laughs> room, essentially. So, <laughs> anyway. To be fair, the apartment is just one big room, so. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. And, yeah. you know, I really can't talk because my farts are intense. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I'm glad we clarified you were talking about farts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, g- genetics, everyone. Um, <laughs> let's. Let's get into the episode. Yes. Because uh, it's the last of the season, and I guess it deserves our attention. I don't know. I'm, st- I'm still wondering. Well, Glee is demanding Honestly. it for sure. But let's let's get some stats down before we get into it. Um, so this episode, like Maggie said, All or Nothing, originally aired on May 9th, 2013, with 5.92 million viewers, which is up from last week's 5.19 million. But, I mean, I don't know. It seems low. They used to be getting like sure. 10 million, you know? Yeah, um, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know either. So I've told you I zone out during this part. <laughs> My hypothesis is maybe just there is a direct correlation between quality and the number of viewers. <laughs> what? Yeah, <laughs> amazingly. This is something that I think the people can decide. <laughs> <laughs> sure, it very is easily. Dr- Directed by Bradley Buecher and written by Ian Brennan. Along who? Yeah, along those lines, I want to call out. So I wrote this down because it was in the like long montage of opening credits. Um, the story editor is Matthew Hodgson, and I have to say, one here, it's I'm of two minds about this. Either I'm mm-hmm. sorry, or how dare you? Like, <laughs> it's one or the other. But seriously, like, there's a lot of people who make this show. And I feel bad for a lot of them. And some of them, I'm just really, I'm tired. I'm so I tired. I mean, with, the, with a lot of them, like, you, they really need to be, like, punished as a group. Because <laughs> they all let it happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. If, if As long as you punish one of them, it sets, or if you punish all of them, it kind of sets an example. And no one yeah. tears the line anymore. Yeah. Sets an example that they, like, you can't, ma- you can't do this, you know? <laughs> you just can't. You shouldn't what? be allowed. What can't they do? Make this television show anymore? Make a really make a really bad TV show. <laughs> I'm sure lots of them went on to make All more right. bad TV shows. So we're going to start at the beginning of the episode, which is not recapped. Yes. Odd for a final episode of the season, but whatever. You know, you don't see me complaining. Uh, <laughs> we're at MIT. Brittany is being talked to by a series of nerds who uh, come into like... <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, what's with your GPA? Why is it so low? Uh, how are you? 
because guess what? She's a genius. Like that's the, yeah. that's the idea is that she's like a mathematical genius because she wrote down in crayon, like a bunch of numbers, not in any sort of given order. Um, but when read in specific ways, they are some sort of mathematical, they have like some sort of mathematical importance. Yeah. If, oh, go for it, Chris. If that's all it takes to be a genius, I've been doing it wrong for a very long time. <laughs> I I totally feel you. I mean, I don't really understand why it's like, oh, they're like, oh, this number when read clockwise is a huge prime number. You would need a supercomputer to make that. And it's like, okay, but you did decide the order to read it in, so. <laughs> Uh, now that you're talking about it, I think I've come to the conclusion that this quote, Britney code, is really just kind of like the Bible. These math doctors <laughs> read it and were like, oh, look, we found all these cool numbers in it. And they're like, Britney must be Jesus, math Jesus, because <laughs> math <she's>, Jesus. <laughs> she gave us all these numbers. The, the bigger thing about this scene that I liked was that they tell us, so they were impressed by her perfect SAT score. So they gave her another math test. And she got a 0% on the math test, which is perfect to zero. So statistically unlikely that like only a genius could do it, Sam. Exactly. It had to be on purpose. Yeah. Um, Anyway, (laughs) it's, it's weird. It's a weird scene. Um, And it just, it starts the entire weirdness of the whole Britney arc in this episode. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. It's, it's sort of like, it's, I feel like it's implied that they are off. They don't, directly offer her anything in this scene because that'd give it some finality they just end the scene being like we have a proposal for you well and and there's some Um, like weird tense music too yeah to me it sort of seems like they want to get britney in the door to like study her because they know she's an alien yes yeah because they never come out and say in the well this is spoilers but they don't ever like we don't know the proposal ever and it's very frustrating Yes. Well, I mean, Chris, I don't know if you have watched a lot of Glee, but... um, Yes, literally literally... every episode with you. (laughs) This this is like the most Glee trope thing ever, that they end every scene by just being like, here's something I want to say, and then nothing ever happens. They should end every scene by saying, fuck off. (laughs) Because that is what they're doing. Yeah. Um, I, I have a... Maggie, do you think... How about this to kind of like mm. kind of encapsulate some of our Britney canon? Do you think Britney potentially might be an alien who has amnesia? When she struck Earth, she lost her yeah. memories. And this is no, like. No, I think that's really possible. Yes. Because it makes so much sense to be like, oh, she has all this knowledge, but she writes it in crayon on the back of the test. Like. Yeah. Yeah. And totally. I, it, and like, it makes me think of Arrival and the aliens trying to communicate with the scientists. Yeah, totally. Uh, and there's like that, uh, that scene where she describes like her first sexual encounter as an alien invasion. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like these little alien hints are like her sort of remembering her past. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. Yeah. To cap this off, they call her quote, the most br- brilliant scientific mind since Einstein, which, Oh God. <laughs> Again, they are the Glee ones who read the numbers. not afraid of hyperbole. No. Never afraid. Uh, <laughs> let's get into the real meat of the episode, starting off with Ryder's catfish story. Yeah. Uh, we're back to the silhouettes, 
where you know it's like the it was the black screen with like the white faces very yep. emblematic of how Ryder pictured his Aryan goddess just want to point that out yep. uh, and um, Ryder is just like who are you tell me who it is and the white face um, he's talking to changes like it's like it's me Blaine yes <laughs> or, or in a different voice meet but meet behind the piano it's me Kitty like it's um. I thought that was like sort of interesting, at mm-hmm. least. Yeah. Uh, probably the most interesting thing they've done with the writer catfish storyline. I, I at do. All. I do like <laughs> that they finally kind of imply that it could be anyone instead yeah, of just. That it's not yeah. just like, oh, it's Kitty because it sounds like Katie. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, but it's weird because this is like a very short snippet and then we get like a consternated writer face as we jump into the actual yeah. scene where will is telling the new directions that in a weird freak twist no one saw this coming they have to host regionals due to quote late season tornado weather in, <laughs> in illinois so fucking stupid uh, Which... also the non-touchables have been excommunicated <laughs> because of a sexting scandal yes <laughs> Which oh. I'm upset about because I wanted to see the nun touchables. And if these nuns are sexting, then I'm even more interested. <laughs> yeah. Chris, what, uh, do you have something to say about the, the Mention tornadoes? the thing about tornado season again. Oh, it, he he says they have to host because I guess in, it's like, so who's your daddy? So Indiana is having some late season tornado weather or something like that. Mm-hmm. Is it like... October or March? I'm confused. <laughs> okay. We do have um, to discuss listen, this. It's it's March. <laughs> yes. It's it's March. March. Yeah. It has to be, right? Because this is they're they're going to regionals right now. Like this is And they're gonna go to nationals soon. <laughs> then that's very wrong, yes. <laughs> like it's just so but anyway, the the waffle. I'm glad oh. we brought in a we brought in like a like a climate scientist for this <laughs> to tell us for that the, line. Atmospheric <laughs> scientist, but yes, yeah. To, well, to tell us that the Glee timeline is fucked. Yeah, we definitely need an expert for that. Um, <laughs> but the we we find out that the waffle toots are replacing the untouchables. I believe the waffle toots are an actual collegiate. Well, it's group. The name of them is Whiffin Poofs. Oh, this okay. Is a, this is a subtle changing of the name, but they are portrayed by the the Whiffin Poots. Then with the Whiffin Poofs. Okay. Um but yeah, so uh we find out that uh the Hoosier Daddies and Frida, their star performer that we saw sing the national oh, anthem for name. a second. Got it. Yeah, um they're the forerunner uh, the front runners. Everyone expects them to win. Um and then Will turns oh, this. I, oh, um, yeah. I found it. out from a, a listener email that the reason why Frida is so heavily featured is that she was on American Idol. Like, she just won oh. American Idol. Oh. So. Huh. Wow. I, I mean, I didn't know that. <laughs> the The quality of rewards for winning American Idol seems to be going down rapidly. Um, yeah. <laughs> which one was that? Which uh, American Idol? Sorry, which or character? The, oh, which the, character? The the head, like the, the front. Who's your runner. daddy's soloist? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. probably yeah. the best one in the episode. Yeah. Oh, tough. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. She's so charismatic. I mean, I'm a big fan of a lot of the Who's Your Daddies, but we'll get to that. Um, oh, me too. <laughs> yeah. So Will twists this pep talk that he's giving into a weird way of quote sending positive energy to <laughs> Rachel. 
Yeah, he's like, listen, this moment defines us. It's all or nothing. That's the name of the episode and the name of the song we're going to sing later. Remember, send those good vibes to Rachel. And we we transition the scene with like little snippets of Rachel going back and forth um, from Will's speech. Yeah. And it's Rachel at the callback. This place where she's having her callback looks like Niata. <laughs> I don't want to get further. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Uh, and she goes in and she sings Love You More by Celine Dion. And it's, you know, Rachel belting a Celine Dion song. Yeah. Uh, uh, and she, just yeah. transitioning into the Rachel scene after having felt absolutely nothing for the first 10 minutes of this show, <laughs> I'm reminded why I kind of sort of liked Glee in the first season. And I wish that maybe after season three, they just followed rachel maybe and like did a spin-off show or something maybe (laughs) maybe that would be compelling storytelling Ooh, yeah um yeah yeah she gets noticeably sweaty and she also (laughs) cries lots of water i i did write down moist um (laughs) of course you did (laughs) um but i mean it's really good there's a nice like shrill recorder to like back her up which is yes an interesting choice um my favorite part of the scene like visually was watching that recorder player just like standing with their recorder and like staring at their music just waiting yes oh my god it's i the thing that's so weird about this is that like last week we got so much hype about rachel having her big callback for funny girl and like yeah this is supposed to be like her like capping moment for the season and like the song is great don't get me wrong obviously but there's like no acting nothing for the callback like it doesn't feel like anything actually real here it's not that there isn't acting because yeah she does cry so yeah rachel does put her all into the song but Mm -hmm. like it's the same thing we've seen like yeah this is not out of character for rachel to be you know putting all she's got into a number we've seen it time and time again so it's like, there's nothing new here. This is not new ground. This is not really interesting ground. I think probably the best part of the scene is at the end of the song. There's just like sort of a weird silence where like some people, like some aides just look sort of stunned. Yeah. And like people sitting are just like, hmm. <laughs> I, I I specifically noticed the one like intern looking fella who was very, very like a gasp. Yes, that's the one. <laughs> well, and, and, and then yeah, go for one it. question I had about the performance was: Were there enough instruments there to be making the amount of music that was behind Rachel's vocals? No, okay, no, absolutely not. Uh, that's that's one thing about the Glee universe that I can really appreciate is that all of these like professional musicians are getting gigs constantly because people just need backup music. Well, but who's uh, paying them? Like when also, you are the, they even playing the instruments or just pretending to play them? The 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 funny girl call the the funny girl production is covering the cost of them. <laughs> so so Rachel is like, I'm gonna need these instruments for my final callback. Here here's my music. <laughs> oh, I mean, I I agree. It's just it's so. Uh, it would be cool in real life if, like, every instrument sounded, like, five of itself. That would be really dope. But, unfortunately, that's not really the case. Um, and, I th- okay, 
So the thing about this plot line is that it's really reminiscent of like NBC's Smash. Mm. For me, that sort of thing. And I just am recalling like, because those, those were airing kind of concurrently at this time. Um, I just remember like Smash tried to go from the like more human, the more like realistic sound. Sure. With these numbers, you know, including the clanking of shoes and stuff. and <laughs> Very important. Yes. The single violinist, that, that vibe. Um, and I think Glee has the right of it here. You know, yeah. just like, f- pound me with a wall of sound. <laughs> well, Make this Celine Dion song sound like it's in a big auditorium, like a huge theater, not yeah. this tiny little echoey room. <laughs> yeah, that that is, and that is something kind of like, it. it it's kind of like how we critique Glee for not really giving us, like, the world that we want. When Glee, like, includes the shit of, like, bullying and all that, where we're just like, do we really yeah. need this here? But, like, I'm fine with not having a realistic musical, like, experience. Like, that's great. That's what I... I mean, yes. obviously, the iTunes is also what we complain about a lot, too. But, like, that's because <laughs> they talk about how the songs are bad at points. And it's like, no, they're not. They're obviously not. The iTunes demands it. <laughs> they need the they need the crisp audio. Yeah. I... Y'all should find the exact number of, like, iTunes singles this show produced for your, like, last episode. Because I am so curious. Hundreds. Hundreds. (laughs) It has to be. Especially, yeah. There's, like, five singles per per episode, right? Well, and they definitely do extra Christmas numbers for the Christmas albums. Like... Yeah. Anyway, let's move on here. Um, that's the. Should we also include how many of these singles we had in our shared no, iTunes library? Definitely not. Um, <laughs> or how many Sam listen listens to over and over every day oh. while he's working? <laughs> also not that. Um, yes, put him on blast. I love it. But uh, just a note here: this is the end of Rachel's plotline for this episode. <laughs> Entirely. And the season, and it's horrible. <laughs> yes. I want resolution. <laughs> yeah, so um, we don't know where we'll this is going. We'll get back to you, Rachel. But, yeah. <laughs> now we're going to go back to McKinley, where Blaine is in the middle of a conversation with Sam, sort of. Yes. Uh, <laughs> about the proposal that he funk up of last episode. Mm-hmm. I pr- phrased it that way because it's a total mess. Yes. Um, <laughs> Like, there's a point where Blaine is just saying to Sam, this is happening. Yes. Like, hey, guess what? This is a storyline. It's happening. And Sam's like, here are the reasons why it shouldn't be happening. Yes. And Blaine's like, it's it's still happening. Yes. Be my best man if you're supportive. I'm Rachel Berry. Yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, the... The thing about this is, and I, t- I think I talked about it a little bit last week, but this whole plot line of Blaine being like, oh, I'm going to marry Kurt is one <laughs> for, out, for of, equality. out of nowhere. We have had no setup for this. Two is so obviously just like a blatant social commentary of being like, <laughs> being like, let gay people get married. Ryan Murphy demands it. And it's like, good-ish, but like, did it need to be I'm, here? I'm into yeah, I'm into gay people getting married, not so much like gay teens. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> oh my! And my favorite thing about this scene is there is a speci- there's a line where verbatim Blaine says, "People like me have been having or have been hearing that for hundreds and hundreds of years." Which <laughs> <laughs> was like, 
it's the only way I can justify this plotline making any sense is that Blaine is obviously a demon who loves to stir <laughs> shit up and like mm-hmm. getting getting married as a teenager will fuck up Kurt's life. Yeah, it will ruin Kurt's life forever. <laughs> and all, even better than that, like since it's you know like trying to make a statement about like gay people getting married, like oh, so many layers, so much great shit for a demon to just like ruin everybody's lives, stir the pot. It's great. I I appreciate that you're making this reach for like our <laughs> podcast, but let's be real, like it's just bad like, yes it's there's terrible. been no real lead up to this nope. and it's so clear that like blaine is just trying to make a statement and every time he looks at kurt it's sort of like oh so he's just like a means to your like political end. end yes right <laughs> yes it's, it's not great it all feels very wrong to me <laughs> because like blaine and kurt are very like not a thing, right? Yes. Like, that's what yeah, I've gathered through the dating. last quarter of the season. <laughs> and now suddenly, Blaine wants to propose to Kurt, and I'm just like, cool, but no? Yeah. <laughs> Blaine recognized... Cool, but um, probably, like, date him? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> Try again it's, later. It, it's like... <laughs> it's just... It's so it's so stupid, because it's just that thing where it's like, okay, obviously, Blaine is like, oh... You know, now I can finally get gay married, and oh, who else? Who can I get gay married to? Oh, that's right, I had that boyfriend a year ago. Let's let's try him. Like, what is this? Well, like, but but Blaine is still in love with Kurt. That is a that is something that has been established. Yeah. Um, and that he is like definitely thirsty for Kurt. Um, yeah, that's true. Pretty categorically. Yeah. Uh, it, because, like, when he cheated on him, it's just because he was, like, really horny and lonely <laughs> and then, like, was, like, a regretted it immediately. Yeah, um, that's true. I, I think we are yeah. we are led to believe. The the other uh, thing that I find so buck wild about this, because this scene kind of starts to, in, in, like, include this, is that Blaine is pulling everyone else into this like it's yes. going to work. Like... <laughs> Yep. Like he is yeah. so convinced. He's like the, the more the more people I have supporting this, yes. the more people I have pressuring Kurt to say yes. Exactly. It will work. Yes. Yeah. So, so suddenly we're back to Finn and Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So like Maggie said, now we're back with numbers what is it? 12 uh, 11 and 12. <laughs> That's right. Uh <laughs> okay, so Will is counting everyone. He's like, it's... okay, this person's here, this person's here. Where's Joe and Sugar? And then they're like, here we are. And they come off from like stage left like, oh, hello. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yeah. Convenient plot I, points Brit- show up. <laughs> yes, they. I don't understand how this show, it, it makes fun of itself so much that I'm, I don't find it funny anymore. Exactly. I just am like cringing at... It, yeah. feeling ne- the necessity to keep uh, making fun of itself to, I guess, explain the nonsense that is happening. Like, these two characters disappearing for five episodes and then suddenly reappearing. Yeah. yeah I, it was longer than five. Right? Oh, I just, yeah. I, that was just a number I threw. <laughs> it's been quite some time yes. since they have been on the show. And uh, as Sam and I have reiterated time and time again, there are rules <laughs> uh, within the show. They do recognize, and they need all the characters to be here to compete. 
Yes. So here they are. Uh, Brittany is the next one to enter. She rolls in like a like a suitcase, like a rolling bag. Yes. Uh, and goes on sort of a bit of a tirade. It starts off with a uh, my cup reprise. <laughs> so good. I love that. So good. <laughs> Because they're they're gonna do Marley's song. That's how they get on the topic of like original songs. And yeah. then Brittany's like, "We could do my cup. It's a banger." <laughs> and everyone's like, "Hell yeah!" And then Will turns that down. Um, after following that, Britt um, basically demands all the solos uh, and breaks up with Sam over text in front but of like uh, one <laughs> foot apart. Yeah, <laughs> the best part is that she's he's like, "What? Stop texting! I'm talking to you." And then he looks at his phone and he's like, "You're breaking did you just up." Break up with me over text? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, she did. Yeah. Um. She also like insults a lot of people. She goes very Santana this episode in some ways yeah. of just like insulting everyone, and then she's like, "Okay, Mister Shu." I'm taking your lesson to heart. It's either I get all the solos or I'm not doing anything. And then she leaves. <laughs> like, <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Uh, but her her tirade is not over quite yet. We go to Roz's office, previously Sue's office, uh, where we hear like a banging on the door. Mm-hmm. And from the way that it's like filmed, I thought something was in her office, like about to attack her. <laughs> because... <laughs> Because the camera goes from like ha- like midway at the door to like sort of rumbling over to Roz in a way that it's like did like a weird small creature just run over on her desk? Oh my god, <laughs> that would be so good. But no, that's not what happens. Though. No, well, you know what is? But to be fair, I do love this. Brittany is nailing her 95 theses to Roz's door yes. as to why she's quitting the Cheerios. Which is Amazing. so good. Like it's so good. It's perfect. <laughs> my one note about the theses is they're all written in crayon, right? But every <laughs> other letter is a different color, which has to take like ten times as long to write as if just you say using the same yeah. color. It's totally. like that's shout some out effort. to the art department. Well that is some effort. <laughs> and also I'm guessing Brittany had some flights, you know, had some time to kill between her jet setting between MIT and Lima, <laughs> so but yeah, no, it it does take a lot of work. The highlighted thesis from Thesi, the one of them yes. that's highlighted <laughs> during the scene um, is that Brittany earned $5,000 as a Cheerio in a single year. <laughs> well, and there's one that gets talked over a little <laughs> bit, but it's that Sue locked like six Cheerios yes. in a doghouse to force them to the potty train or something like yes. that, which is so she ca- She like crate trained them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, then to close it all off um britney (laughs) britney brings out her her cheerios uniform and she's like i've soaked this in lighter fluid and to solemnize my leaving of the cheerios i will light it on fire and she puts it in a garbage can and lights it on fire (laughs) which like that's honestly that's kind of britney's whole thing this entire episode is just lighting this whole show on fire like (laughs) Yes, yeah. I feel it. like this episode is specifically about Brittany by this point. Yes. Like, oh, there's totally. so much focused on her that she feels like the main character. Yep. It's a. Uh, it, Santana mentions it offhand, like later in the episode, but she's like, maybe it's just Brittany 3.0 week. And it sort of is. <laughs> they don't <laughs> sing any Britney Spears, though. That is the one big difference. But yeah. 
besides that. Look, I wish they did, though. Like, that's really... <laughs> that is the, like... Because Britney's leaving the show. This is her last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, at least for a little while, I think. Sure. Whatever. Uh, she... Th- that's how she should have, like, gone out. Is on a Britney number. On a Kesha number. Where oh she God. pukes again. <laughs> Just big, great pukes. Um, <laughs> no. The next scene no. is back at Glee Club. Ryder pauses practice oh because he is dramatic <laughs> and and decides to deliver an ultimatum be- inspired by Brittany. Um, yes. And says that he needs to find out who the catfish is or he will not be performing at sectionals. Yeah. And, yeah. And he immediately gets like kind of violent because he's like kicking a table that they all suddenly have yes. in the middle of them, um, which Kitty notes makes a good point that... Um, <laughs> The person probably won't reveal themselves if they're f- afraid of getting murdered, which, yes, honestly, two on the nose, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. two, on, two on the nose, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Um, the, I think the cinematography really does imply that Ryder is kind of in like a frenzy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is that I don't give a shit. <laughs> Uh, He's also um, very aggressive, and I'm very concerned as to why Will doesn't feel the need to, like, step in at all. He says, like, something offhandedly, and then, yeah. Completely. Like, while this rant was happening, I was like, where's Will? And then at the end of the scene, Will's like, wait, Ryder. And I'm like, the fuck? Where have you been? (laughs) Well, especially here is that Marley, like, so Jake is like... Or sorry, Ryder's like reveal yourself. Sorry to Jake. Um, but then everyone around the t- circle is like, someone just do it. Like stop him from being so crazy. And then, and then Marley is like, it's me. And Unique is like pointedly in the foreground at this moment. But so the, the phrasing that Marley uses is, I'm catfish. <laughs> not, not I'm the catfish. No, no. Well, I'm catfish because that's how they've taken to referencing this person for this whole episode (laughs) is they just call them catfish as opposed to like super not how the word works in (laughs) normal vocabulary makes (laughs) makes it seem like a weird like old person is trying to (laughs) co-opt current slang. I mean, watch one freaking episode of MTV's Catfish. You'll figure just, all of this just out. Just watch the one. Yeah. You know, Neve will tell you what's going on. Yes. Uh, but yeah. yeah. So now we're going to go to the next scene. Oh, well, because... just just to well, yeah, finish it off here. Jake does Jake yeah. does defend her. Yes. Like he's like, listen, it all got out of hand. We just need to move forward and and sing at regionals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and this makes me think Jake knows what the whole story is. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But I won't say anything about that till we get there. Yep. Um, and because it, it's so obvious that, like, Marley is covering yes. for someone. Yeah. Um, and the so what happens here? Ryder tries to, like, make a... Th- like, it's weird because it feels like Ryder's trying to, like, get allies from the rest of the Glee Club to, like, fight back or something. But they're just like, mm. the fuck is wrong with you? And he storms out. So... Yeah, no one's really having his bullshit. No. <laughs> and <laughs> to, be, to be fair, neither am I. Like, fuck you, writer. Yeah. So, okay. Let's I, move. I'm curious. Oh. Uh, like, writer is played out to be the victim, right? Yeah. So I'm, I guess. And, like, I don't feel bad for him. 
<laughs> no, no, not at all. Yeah. Especially yeah. because he continued to engage. Yeah. Yep. Uh, after like he found out that this person was a catfish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, like he didn't have to continue texting them. No. And the the big thing right now is I can kind of understand of being like feel like someone's lying to you and someone's like leading you on or something, which honestly is also kind of gross because he's a dude and like you're not promised anything, buddy. But like. I don't know. It's you're you're right that I think the show is trying to paint him as kind of a victim here, <laughs> but once we get to like more of this plot line, I think we can kind of dig, dig into it more. Also, oh, yeah. there was a, in the in a previous episode, they had that conversation where Ryder was like, "This is working for me." Right. Like right after he like I, I rejected Kitty. Exactly. Basically. Yeah. So it's like, so what's your pro- why what changed? From then to now. Like, they didn't reveal themselves. Were you trying to, like, get on their good side so that they would tell you who they are? It's all stupid. And I'm really over it. And Ryder is... He's not just annoying. He's just sort of, like, boisterous and, like, terrible. Yes. Not interested. So let's move to the other terrible plot line. Um, So Tina and Blaine (laughs) are shopping for engagement rings. And Tina decides to make it, like, the weirdest ring shopping trip ever. (laughs) Well, okay, but it's already the weirdest (laughs) ring shopping trip ever because Blaine is trying to buy an engagement ring for someone who he is not in a relationship with. Like, Yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, And Tina is like, see, I would want that one because after we had a few babies, I would gain a few pounds and you'd want to buy something in proportion to my body. So it had to be the big one. (laughs) And, um... (laughs) Belina's just like, ha-ha. And then the uh, the person who owns this jewelry store, or somebody who works there, comes up to them and is like, oh, what, are you looking at rings? And well, that- no, no. She, she comes up and she's like, I told, I've told my, my nieces <laughs> yes. that they have to use condoms or else this is what happens. And then Blaine reveals that he's gay and this woman is into it. She is. Yeah. She's like, it. she's like, oh, really? <laughs> Tell me all about your lover. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah. So th- well, Blaine can I say shop lady, Sorry. like a really sweetened version of him and Kurt's <laughs> like relationship. Yes. He's just like, yeah, we're in love. <laughs> I've never done anything bad ever. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they soon find and out later that me. that's not true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Chris, do you have something to say about the. Um, I don't like how l- little of a character's Tina's become. Um, and like the only time she ever gets screen time is to be this weird obsessed with Blaine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I like how you phrase that because let's, let's just be frank for a second. Has Tina ever been a big character? Oh, be quiet. I like Tina. (laughs) I like Tina too, but like there's the big plot lines that she's had are like the one where she falls into a fountain and becomes Rachel Berry. Yeah. Like, well, and that's a single episode. Yeah. Like, mm. the, the, and yeah. she's had some big, some other big plot lines. Like when she tried to convince Mike's dad to love him. But uh, see the, the issue. And I, I agree with Chris on this one. Cause I think this kind of is part of it is that, Tina's plot lines have all been surrounded about Tina, like, being involved with someone else. Like, yeah. that plot line is about her, like, helping Mike. And, like, all of these plot lines have been about her being obsessed with Blaine. And, like, even in the beginning of the show, she and Artie were, like, kind of a thing. So, like, all of her plot lines surrounded around Artie being 
weird yeah. about her. So yeah. like Tina, yeah. Tina's character growth and character development and any sort of like character trait is based around the men around her. Yeah, which is gross. What a surprise. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, yeah, true also, of a lot of characters. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Tina does have character growth that we just don't see. Like she, she is going to go to vet school now. <laughs> yeah. She broke up with For Mike. Why? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, it turns out that this is going to be like a lesbian mentorship yes. because the um the uh, Julie the jewelry lady is um actually a lesbian and she tells Blaine that she's like just wait the Supreme Court's going to pass this and we're going to get to make these political statements. Yeah, which uh, really really drives yeah. home that this is like, this whole plot line is just Blaine trying to make a big political statement that has nothing to do mm-hmm. with Kurt at all, except for the fact that he is a man. Like, there's... Oh, God. It's so... <laughs> the the woman's name is also Jan, so we have a name for her. Um, yes. Jan and Liz yes. is, is her partner's name. Yeah, but um, to kind of finish up this one, she yeah, she tells, <laughs> she tells Blaine that she supports him because it's all a big political stunt. And then Sam... Well, Sam, Sam shows up to be like, yes. oh, dude, I'm supportive. I love you. And uh, Jan is like, oh, is this your boyfriend? And Blaine is like, no. And that's when Jan pulls him aside and is like, listen, do you have a gay mentor? Because... <laughs> If you're looking for one, here I am. I we should we should definitely hang out sometime. Wink. Like, oh god. Also, yeah. We've complained before that like Glee doesn't have gay mentors. Yes. Um, but this is like the laziest way to incorporate <laughs> incorporate one. You know. Yes. Like, here she is. This is all she's gonna be, and she's only gonna be in this episode. Okay. Yeah. Well, we find yeah, we got like for it. One episode with Rachel's parents, and now like one episode with these lovely women. So yes, this is a little disappointing. Oh, Rachel's dads were so amazing. <laughs> Bla- yeah, Blaine's gay moms and Rachel's gay dads. Um, so we <laughs> we move on to an intervention. Oh, you're so right, an intervention of sorts where Sue and Will are meeting with Brittany. Who, first of all, Brittany's outfit at the be- like at- when they like meet with her in Will's office is on point. Like loved yeah. it. Well, she always looks good. Yeah. Especially when she's out of those Cheerios uniforms. She's a fashion institution. That's right. We know this. Reindeer sweaters. Um, but so <laughs> I, I have a quick note before we move to the real meat. Um, I agree with Brittany wholeheartedly about Will's Teacher of the Year award oh, picture. Yeah. It is horrifyingly creepy. Like, like <laughs> I, I laughed at the joke and I thought the picture was scary. Like Lillian Adler is one level. This picture is an entirely different level. Like... Jesus Christ! Also, because he shouldn't be teacher of the year, but we've we've addressed that many times. Like the the Flash made Will look like a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, but new canon. <laughs> I mean, if Will was a ghost, I would like him more. But he's so terrible. Like, ugh. yeah, and he's tangible because he does <laughs> touch tangible bad. He things. touches a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, um, inappropriately. <laughs> I mean, let's uh, well. We'll just ride over to fondue for two because that's what yeah. we're three doing. fondue for three. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. exactly. Because Brittany demands that whatever talk they they are about to have happens on her turf, <laughs> which is fondue for two. That's um, the theme and... of this episode: is home field advantage. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> wow, come through, Chris, <laughs> with with the critical discussion. I love it. Um, 
so there's some weird fucking camera angles <laughs> yes. at the well, it's all from like the beginning of Fondue for Two. It's like from like a lap. Yeah. Well, what? you have to give the cat credit. It's a cat. <laughs> it's true. Later, we do get confirmation that Lord Tubington <laughs> is the cameraman for Fondue for Two. Yeah. So. When, when your DP is a cat, like what can you do? <laughs> but the other thing about it is it gives this scene some like weird Dutch angle qualities where it's just like. Like everything feels so weird, and it's here's the real reason. It's because this up, ep- this little like mini episode is so buck wild. <laughs> like Brittany yeah. calls out Will for being for having yep. weird relationships with the kids at high school, um, and then and <laughs> she confronts Sue about the um, paternity of her child Robin. Yes, uh, and she's like, "Is it true that the father of your child is Michael Bolton?" And Sue is like, I can't confirm or deny this. And that's when Brittany pulls out like a folder full of newspaper (laughs) clippings and like points out to things. And it's like, here, he was here in Ohio nine months before you gave birth. Also, on the birth certificate for Robin, I don't know how she got that. (laughs) It says that Robin was born here, which is an anagram for Michael Bolton. And (laughs) Sue's just like... You're right. Well, the the best I would actually okay. listen to that podcast. <laughs> well, and the the best part about first of all, nice dig at our podcast. And two, um Hey, I didn't mean it like that. Two. <laughs> no, but like a like a like Britney's cereal. About. Yes, exactly. That's what cereal I season 4. <laughs> The true father of (laughs) Sue Sylvester's child. But she also points out that the first song on Michael Bolton's new album is I Love You, My Baby, Robin Sylvester, which is like... uh, No, so proud to be your father, Robin (laughs) Sylvester. (laughs) Yeah, but what... It's funny, one, like... I mean, unfortunately, this does also kind of fall into, like, what Chris was talking about before, where, like, when the show is, like, making jokes at its own expense, it's, like, it kind of gets old when it's, like, well, you just did bad writing. So, because they had that whole plot where, like, Sue was, like, you'll never guess who the father of my child is. And everyone was, like, we don't really give a shit. So? And then it just didn't go anywhere. And this is that, I guess. Well, this this is it coming back. I can appreciate that. And it's not, like... <laughs> <laughs> it's not like Robin disappeared for five episodes and then they're just like, here they are. Like, That's true. Robin just disappeared <laughs> entirely. Like, Yeah, we just don't see her at all, yeah. which is fine. Yeah. I, My, I don't. Yeah. Sorry. My biggest question with this whole, like, the writers continually making fun of, like, this show's writing. Because this scene had the whole thing with, like, the whole Sue and Will going back and forth all the time. Who decides to mm-hmm. renew this show? Do they watch it? <laughs> like, what is going on? <laughs> Do they watch it? Oh my the God. writers are, like, rebelling within the show itself <laughs> but, and ex- expressing their distaste for their own show. And, like, why is this still happening? <laughs> that's, that's so true, though, because it does start, like, Brittany intros Will and Sue by being, like, Will, who hated Sue, and then Sue, who hated Will, and then they both were friends, and then they were both the enemies again, and then no one cared anymore. And it's like, yeah, no fucking kidding. Jesus Christ. I don't think they watched the show also. It was Fox, I think. and I, n- No way. They didn't watch this fucking and the show. And ri- the writers don't watch it either. <laughs> no. They, they, they're probably too ashamed to watch it. They, they live in a black box, and they're just like, they, they like push the script under the door, and then they're like, please let me see my family again. <laughs> but, Ryan Murphy, please let me go home. I'll, I'll make the gay kids get married, please. 
<laughs> but so oh God. the the other thing here too is I, I didn't really I didn't write anything about this. I just realized it talking about it now. But Brittany did the best job of like getting rid of this whole like we have to have a talk thing. But yep. have she deflected so well. So well. No mention of anything Brittany like Brittany behavior related in this entire fondue for two. <laughs> so good. Oh. So the next scene is Sam calling Santana. And we get some close-ups of, like, mouths and eyes. And Santana is shirtless <laughs> for most of the scene. I-, I made a note that, weirdly, Santana is undressing for this scene, which is just, I guess, for eye candy. It's, like, it's, char- it's character blocking that I can appreciate, you know? Sure. Of course. Yeah, of course. She, uh. She's not just standing. Um, Good point. And I'm not going to say no to, like, the eye candy, right? <laughs> That's fair. I mean, I will have similar comments when we get to the regional performances, so yes. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so Sam is calling Santana because he... He knows that Brittany needs help. Yes. Even though Brittany did break up with him, the Santana is just like inevitable. Yes. <laughs> when when she, he brings up the breakup, which is amazing, and uh, Santana is gonna come to Ohio probably. Yeah. Um. So this next scene is of course breadsticks with the queers. Um. <laughs> gay life underscored by Ita- like quote Italian music is great. Obviously, it's just. <laughs> Literally, this is just like Ryan Murphy puked all over the page and was like, gay. Yeah. Like, it's fine. Yeah. But just imagine yeah, not- like a cat puking a rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad at no. it. Um, it feels a little cloying and definitely like a little coercive to be <laughs> like, hi, we're lesbians who haven't been on the show. Let's reminisce about our, our prom dates and how we took a bus tour of the United States and how we decided Ohio was the best place. To I want to say that's the most unrealistic part of this episode, but it's not. There's more to come. Yeah. Um, no and Blaine lies about where they met, um, like through like an extended Sabaro like, yes. thing. And I, the thing about that is I was like, don't lie saying that you went to Sabaro during the day and then you're going to breadsticks at night. Like, <laughs> Well, who? It's a little, it's a little much. Who orders pizza and breadsticks? Though I've never seen a pizza and breadsticks. It's only pasta, Maggie. People only eat pasta. Sabaro ha- has pasta, also. Oh. So yeah, but does breadsticks sell breadsticks? We assume. No, I'm so. joking. Sure I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, they always talk about like their um, coupons for like unlimited breadsticks or something. Yeah, and how like. <laughs> Santana brought a wheel wheelbarrow. Yes. yes. Well, okay. That here's a note about that. Liz and Jan mentioned that they camped out for the grand opening of breadsticks. What thirty years ago? What the fuck is with breadsticks? There's another part of this episode where someone is like, "Yeah, I have reservations at breadsticks later," and you're just like, "What?" Sam. So in the show Friday Night Lights. Yeah. Um. Applebee's plays a very seminal part <laughs> oh, of no. everything because um <laughs> because there's only really the one place mm. where everyone can go eat and it's the Applebee's. See, so that's I, I feel like breadsticks is p- kind of filling that role. But that makes this even more depressing. 
<laughs> Lima sucks. The only when I'm comparing breadsticks to Applebee's, it's just I would never want to go there. Well, the the best part about that is what you're telling me is that Jan and Liz went on this fucking bus tour and were like, yeah. Lima, Ohio. They don't even have a real restaurant, and then they got excited <laughs> yeah. about for the only real restaurant opening in the town, like. Yeah, and, like, we're led to believe in the Glee universe that Lima is a really, like, ass-backwards place where, right. like, gay people are, um, like, beaten up yeah. <laughs> all the time. So, uh, why would you decide to live there? I don't know. Well, oh, Maggie, uh, here's the reason why. Because yeah. what this turns into is Jan decides to kind of steal Blaine's idea here. and Oh, well, f- first yeah. off, like... One of the, I think it's Liz, is like, you you guys make such a cute couple. Oh, yeah. And Kurt's like, we're not a couple. <laughs> like, really fast. Yes. Like, trying to get it in there. And Blaine is just, like, sort of, like, pouting, like, hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, and that's when, like, immediately after, Jan is just like, okay, I got to go in for the kill. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and she proposes to Liz. At this, yes. at this breadsticks dinner <laughs> that well, happens. Best um, part of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, because the whole breadsticks like out like up erupts in like all this applause, and I was just like, "Are we supposed to fucking believe that this is the same place where like Kurt got like bullied within an inch of his life? Like, fuck off! Like, what is going on? <laughs> but here's the other half of it: is honestly. This is what I wanted the whole fucking time, Glee. I wanted you to give me yeah. lesbians proposing to each other and people being fucking accepting <laughs> of it, okay? Like, that's what yes. I want the world to be like. And, yeah. Um, and Kurt and Blaine are both very pleased to have seen this. <laughs> yes. But they, they, Especially Blaine, because Blaine's like, oh, perfect. Set the mood for me. They, they both <laughs> put that stamp in their gay, their gay checkbook. Um the the other thing this is not as fun to note but like they have this moment where jan and liz kind of go through all of the things that they've seen um and they talk about like aids and don't ask don't tell and like i feel like this scene is supposed to be kind of like you know we we talk about ryan murphy throwing up on paper or whatever but like like it's supposed to be talking about how like we've come so far as like a community like you know queer people are people too and there's been all these problems and like I love. I, I would love it if there, it was true that like getting marriage equality would solve all of the issues in our world, yeah. but it didn't. Like the it it definitely is like portrayed by the show that this is like a hurdle to end all hurdles. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're gonna fix it, everyone, as soon as we can get married. Yeah, which like just so we're all on the same page, like the trans ban in the military went into effect yesterday and like the world is fucked. So yeah. Yeah. Well, at least trans people can't die for the name of us imperialism anymore. The next scene is, uh, maybe you should cut that out. I don't know. I'll be editing it. We'll see. We'll see if I decide to cut it out or not. Um, the next scene is Marley trying to talk to Ryder at McKinley. Um, yes, she, if you recall, he thinks that she's the catfish. Yes, she she chases him through the choir room for no reason, like no apparent reason. They just run through the choir room, like. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> this and is a hallway now. <laughs> let's. We really need to end this scene because I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Womp womp. It was unique the whole time. Yeah. Um, unique yeah. was catfish. Yeah. Because I remember that's how it's phrased. 
this watching this whole season, I kept saying to telling Sam that I was just going to look it up, and then that you had told him that it was like the worst person it could be, but then think worse. Um, and yeah, it ended up being that. So yeah, the yeah the big thing for me here. So first of all, we we get a little scene where Unique revealed to Marley that she was the catfish in like the auditorium on a balcony, which is weird, but whatever. It was a weird place for that. Yeah to happen but she she essentially confirms kind of in a weird like i i guess it's supposed to be kind of like a mirror of sorts that like things kind of just spiraled out of control like it wasn't supposed to like get so serious and stuff um but so then i have a few comments on the scene yeah at this point okay first off i hate that unique dead names herself Mm -hmm. um at the beginning of like her reveal she's like unique aka my dead name, right. a.k.a. someone you find disgusting. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Both of those were really, a- really bad. A.k.a. Catfish, um, not a name. <laughs> so. <laughs> this, this like whole scene just made me want to see this entire plot line from the other fucking side. Yeah. Like, I don't care about like how Ryder has been, quote unquote, victimized. Right. I'm not really interested in that because he was like a transphobic asshole and Unique's like way of dealing with that was like trying to convince him that she was a human being by pretending to be someone else. Right. Which that's, here's the, <laughs> the thing, the thing that I really, like I completely agree. Honestly, like it also speaks to the fact that we've spent the entire season talking about how Unique doesn't get any plot lines and suddenly this comes up and it's like, oh, so you're telling me we could have had a plot line for Unique? And like, no, it's not the greatest thing, but at least it'd be fucking something. But instead, we get this part where Unique kind of like bears her soul to be like, hey, like I know things kind of got out of control, but those conversations we had, those were really me. And like, we shared a lot of stuff and like, I would really like it if we could keep, you know, like if you could kind of see where this goes. And then Ryder, who after learning that the person he was fantasizing about wasn't short, white and blonde, decides to tell her that he is not interested in being in, in affiliated with her in any way whatsoever because he's racist and transphobic like there's not a lot of other ways to go about this because he literally talked about how much he loved katie when we had earlier plot lines like fuck you writer you're an asshole like i'm also i'm also upset that unique found him attractive not that it's really unique's fault but like (laughs) he is so gross like (laughs) i think it's really his haircut that's really the worst part everything else about him is like fine well the transphobia and the racism is kind of shitty, well, but I I meant from like a visual point perspective. Oh, okay, sure, um, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to be as shallow as possible, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just it's so like, I mean, also there is the moment like like I talked about that moment where Kitty was saying like. Well, whoever it is, I'm going to come forward now because you might murder them. For fear of being murdered. But, uh, because guess what? This is a, In this kind of situation, Unique is in like actual physical danger in the real world, well, basically. And she even addresses it in this scene, but it's like kind of a joke, I guess. I'm not even sure because they don't really address it, but she's like, you can punch me in the face or whatever. And I'm like... N- w- no to please don't yeah exactly like yeah. um and writer says i'm not gonna punch you in the face but we don't have anything and then just flounces off yeah 
Let's lighten the mood with a f- another fondue for two. Yes. It's this time it's with Santana. Yep. But she ends up turning the episode off uh, for an unseen heart to heart between Brittany and Santana because fuck you, person who's watching the show. We know you love Britanna, but also fuck you. We already gave you the one lesbian scene you're going to get. Well, get out of here. It's great because Brittany tries to be mean to Santana in like the Santana esque way, and Santana's just like, Brittany, this isn't you. And then Brittany's like, I invented this. You can't do this to me. (laughs) Well, and then Brittany's like, you're right. Let me tell you what's really going on. And then the scene cuts and you're just like, of fucking course it did. Like, I mean, uh, at least this is a scene where we learned the brains behind the operation is actually Mr. Tubbington. So (laughs) that's true. He's a very, Um, he he likes episode or he likes continuity in his episodes, Maggie. Unlike some people. Yeah. we, we see him, like, going up to, like, iMovie <laughs> on the laptop. It's so good. It's, it's amazing. Uh, yeah. Next, it's regionals. Yes. Finally, we're here. We've waited all season to get here. Here we go. Uh, we have Warden Bobby as a judge. Gross. Um, Coach Smithers or no, something is his well, name. But he has a nickname, Maggie. It's Fingers. Fingers. Also disgusting. Yes. Um, the only judge I liked was the contortionist, Lady Marvelous. She is great, actually. They wheel her out in a box, and I'm just like, fuck. <laughs> fuck. She's wearing a bright blue unitard, and she, she just sort of like unfolds herself from this clear bo- box that they roll her out of. It's, it's amazing. Is this uh, just the glee joke they're always going to do now is have weird, oh, it's, very strange judges? Yes. For they do it literally. They have done it every single yeah. time, yes. every single one. Yes. You know, maybe in our like final episode, we can um, recall every single one of them and choose the best judge. Because <laughs> I'm thinking it's going to be that reformed nun. Well, see, you know what I'm talking about. You're, you're definitely right, but I was going to make a joke and say Lindsay Lohan. Um, there's <laughs> oh wait, oh gosh, I forgot about there's, that. There's also a moment <laughs> at the beginning of the scene where Emma arrives to sit next to Will and Santana, and she's like, "Oh, I'm so nervous," and Santana points out that emma is wearing white and she should be nervous because that is the color you know related to running away as a bride which is just like at the moment santana says it in a much more suave way right but yeah the the main thing is for me i actually kind of give props for this because it does just come off as like a quick like santana quip at the moment but it comes up later like yeah, well, Will and Emma are like. <laughs> yes. Are you are you calling that. the writers good? No, I'm <laughs> just saying that Santana. I mean, maybe I. Like I said, not everyone on this show is terrible and awful and needs to be punished. But like, yeah, it's not great. Okay, so the first uh, group up is the Waffle Toots. Yes. They sing Rainbow Connection, yep. rather subduedly. They're. Mm. I say subduedly because they're all dudes. Well, yeah. I, I, I put down that they have the look. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's acapella. It's very, very something that I'm not interested in. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and then we we cut during Rainbow Connection. We keep hearing it uh, to see Ryder showing up for once uh, in a very fitted shirt mm-hmm. here to... Uh, say that he's gonna quit after regionals, but he'll perform this one time. Such a and Will's just like, thank you, <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> Which, like, oh, such gosh. a like, 
it's funny because it's gonna come up again obviously in just a second here but it's so stupid the ways they had to like contort themselves to make it so that they could have people leave after the season even though it's march like no one quit glee club after regionals in march also well what i'm sort of hoping is that writer's just not gonna be on the show oh no no that's definitely what's happening it's like Obviously, Bruce Jenner was only like they only gave him one season to be on the show. And so they're like, well, we have to write him out. And they decide that he's going to quit Glee Club while they're on Mm. their winning streak, like on their way back to nationals. Anyway, you know, but also I don't really believe it. I yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the next season. Oh, God, please. No, Uh, I'll be sad. Yeah, (laughs) me too. Now we're going to see the Hoosier daddies. Yes, they're. Amazing. Yes. Yeah. They were they were really good. Uh I don't know what else to say. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked the lead singer and yeah. a lot of the um supporting cast, like the men especially. <laughs> the one that was like front and center during the second song I had my eyes on the whole time. Nice. Um yeah. <laughs> uh because it, it's just like her, Frida, and then mm-hmm. like six six men just sort of dancing around her for the majority of the first number which is clarity yes. oh my gosh. uh and it's really great and then yes. uh, we get some more dancers come in from the sides for the second number which is wings mm-hmm. uh and what i loved this is shallow but i i love that there were like so few white people oh, in mm-hmm. this choir that and also like honestly the women in this choir are so fucking talented they're, like they're amazing they're, amazing literally like frida is great don't get me wrong but like they also some of the other women sing like at the beginning of wings and it's i was like they're good too you should have them singing like and and the dancing the dancing it's amazing the hand the show should be about this group yeah well we say this every time that there's a better group (laughs) (laughs) well and my big thing the hand choreography because they do a thing where they do like this like weird like like hand gestures. When they're talking about wings. Yeah, and then they do like the they bird. They do like the Napoleon yeah. Dynamite. Like, <laughs> yes. It's so good. <laughs> but like really, but much faster. Yes. Uh, it's amazing. Um, Yeah, and this is where I just started getting really pissed off because I was like, I know the new directions are going to be much worse than this. And I know that they're going to win. And I'm just pissed off already. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I It's like, oh, I, the the, when, when I saw it the first time, I was like, if they don't win, like, I don't understand how like what anything anymore yes i just really really loved them and i was like can we end here please <laughs> and then we did and then i was sad but uh i i have a note that uh this is real show choir <laughs> this right yes. here is what real show choir is for the like minus maybe yeah. having like one star singer like that's super vocal adrenaline and like also probably not entirely realistic but man it's so good like the choreography yeah. is really good. All of the like, all the performers are very good. It's just, oh, mwah. and the, the choreography is tight. Yes. That's my thing. It's like it's tight. It seems really well rehearsed. That is not the case for the new yeah. direction, it's y'all. Interesting too. Like they do cool things. They don't just like wave their hips and like walk around the move stage. their leg up and down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They they don't just like waltz across the stage while holding hands with somebody else. Like that is not. That doesn't happen. No. It, because they're doing the choreography for the number. Yes. Wow. Uh, so now we're going to see Brittany. Yep. 
coming in. She comes in through the through the like the house yeah. of the auditorium and hugs Sam. Her and Br- her and uh, Santana share a, a lingering look. <laughs> and now we're gonna go to the show circle. We're back in the choir room and they're getting prepped to go. Yep. Brittany uh, admits what's been going on. She did get early admission to MIT, but she has to leave right now, which is extremely suspicious. <laughs> she, like, that is the other thing. Re- like, on the first watch of the episode, I definitely had the feeling that she was definitely, like, a test subject rather than being a, like, tester. <laughs> like, oh. Um, well, the reason... In the same email that uh, I mentioned earlier from a listener, they mentioned that Heather Morris wanted to leave the show because she was pregnant. Oh. Like, she was like, I just don't want to, like, deal with being on Glee while I have to do this. Sure. So. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah, no. I do not blame her. Um, Yeah. And then we we get a big speech here because, like Maggie said, it, it feels like this is definitely, like, if... It might not be her exit from the show entirely, but it's probably her exit as like a definite, like like more of a main character. Um, so Brittany makes a big speech about believing in herself and how the new directions made that possible. Um, everyone cries, and some of the highlights of this speech include Jim, <laughs> the name that she has for Joe. Um, she and he, and he he adds in, he's like, "My name's Joe." <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Uh, and then when she addresses Marley, Jake, Ryder, and Kitty as, quote, the foster kids who had to come live with us after the orphanage burned down, which <laughs> is so true. I love that, too. Yeah. It yeah, makes those more sense than what down. actually happened. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, that is what I wrote down. She also calls Unique Mercedes again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is when I realized that Mercedes... The the actual Mercedes is in this episode also. <laughs> I was like, oh, you're still here. Great. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then we get a like tearful hug uh, with Sam. Mm-hmm. And then it closes with a Britanna hug. Well, no, Maggie. Well, Love the speech, it. I guess, does close with a Britanna hug. Which, Chris, you had a note about this. We were watching it. Um, do you want to? Oh, I was. They're so both Brittany and Ryder are going to be performing, right? Glee yeah. does this so much where they have like these people come in at the last second to be like, I'm going to be your performance. Like one, how did you learn the songs? If you weren't practicing <laughs> with them, how did you learn the choreography? Like, I don't understand. Well, and the other thing that you mentioned, when we were watching it. Like why is she saying goodbye to Santana? Oh <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> because <laughs> MIT is literally closer to New York than Hawaii. Ohio is. So they're going to have much easier time visiting each other. Like- it just doesn't make any... I mean, it, but my favorite part is to end the show circle. They put their hands in the middle, and then they all go, amazing! Amazing! <laughs> yeah. Which which they've done every single time they've done a show circle. Duh. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> but also, uh, obligatory note, I don't think that's a thing for show choirs. I think that's a thing for uh, theater departments. Amazing. But uh, not so much for show choirs. So um, then we, of course, move to their performance. What we've been waiting for, for a half a season. <laughs> um, okay. Really? Well, supposedly, like... <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I was just excited for it to end. Yeah, well, they, they we, we actually <laughs> learned what their set list was earlier in the episode because Will, like, mentions it in the lead-up to a scene. But um, they're starting with Hall of Fame, 
with uh, yeah. which is by the script featuring Will I Am. I think um, I actually really like the script. I mean, they don't do a bad job. Sure. Like it's yeah, yeah, I think it's fine. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not my favorite the, song of theirs, but the solo is shared by Jake Ryder, Sam, Joe, and Artie. Artie's really the main um, soloist, though. Uh, and they all just kind of dance in V formation. Yeah. Do a lot of walking from like one side of the stage to the other side of the stage. Do some choreography while they stand. You know yeah. how it goes. Normal glee stuff. I, I hadn't. Well, new directions. So. Yeah. I, I had a note that, and I don't know if this is that I'm now jaded, but um, Ryder's voice seemed kind of weak in this song. Um, <laughs> Ooh, I think it's it also might be because I hate him. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's a real tea. But so the there's also a weird bit where they do this thing where they there's like a line that mentions like beating on my chest like King Kong or something. But they have like oh, a yeah. was weird. weird close up of sugar of sugar doing it. Yeah, and I was like the sugar close up. Is this sugar's goodbye too? Like, or <laughs> or is it, no the next song is well or is this her like in her contract that like since she was out for like five episodes <laughs> they had to give her like no. a big close-up shot in this <laughs> it is it's so weird that they bring so much attention to yeah. her because as we get into the next number um she is pointedly not doing the choreography <laughs> and we get like multiple camera angles of her like not doing it well well <laughs> yeah it's really strange because the song's about not caring and they all like presumably are pres- like exuding this not caring attitude which is a really bad choice for like a show choir <laughs> number well, yeah <laughs> and they choose sugar to be their like spearhead of that yeah because the number is i love it by icona pop and it doesn't really come across as sugar like standing to like belt or like be more of a featured soloist it comes across as like sugar not knowing what the choreography is. But, yes, but I think the intention was to show her being uninterested because the lyric is "I don't care," but, and she's like literally not. Caring. Yeah, she's like walking <laughs> around like yawning and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, but the thing about this number, so it starts with Tina and Kitty as kind of like the leads, and then it kind of shares it among the rest of the ladies of the Glee Club. And but, yeah, unique yeah. and Kitty and. Yeah. Um, but the. There's like a weird electronic edge to this number that made me oh, so yeah. unhappy. Because like, yes, like Icona Pop and like that number specifically does have some like synthy elements to it, but not like this. <laughs> not like this though. Yeah. It, if you're gonna like the iTunes single, didn't need to have like the sort of like metallic edge no. to all the vocals because it doesn't make sense for the story. <laughs> no. Wow. Like, how would they be doing this for a, like, live performance? Live. Like, it doesn't make... I don't know. <laughs> it makes no sense. Um, I love this number is the thing. Like, not them performing it. I love the song itself. I do, too. And it yeah. makes me sad that, like, they have this weird, like, extra, like, layering of the vocals with the electronic stuff. Because it's just, like, it could be really good if you just actually did them singing. Just the thought. So... Yeah. The last number is not so good. It's Marley's original tune. Oh, that's All mean or... but true. <laughs> it's, it's called All or Nothing, and it really is nothing. You um, know what that reminds me of? The beginning of the episode when Brittany's like, you can't call me an idiot, that's bullying. It's like, you can't call her song mean, that's bullying. <laughs> or bad. But it, here's the thing. My note was, chorus is awful all over, it's meh. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
Um, Mar- so Marley and Blaine solo on this yes. song, and it really highlighted for me that like Marley will, it really likes to write a song backwards from like a single idea. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, which I guess a lot of people might write songs that way, but. I'm not really yeah. sure if it's Marley's way to go. <laughs> no. She has a Good. lot of growth yep. to, to have. Yes. Good songs feel effortless in like a song. This felt like they were singing sentences. <laughs> like it was not good. Yeah. And like, it's just, I. It's really compounded yeah. by a shot uh, of the audience near the end where Santana is wiping away obviously fake tears <laughs> and passes a the Kleenex back to Kurt, who is definitely not crying, who also wipes away fake tears. But I, I wrote down a note. What? Santana and Kurt cry for how bad it is. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite part was like, Sam, we did the joking thing as they were starting it. He looked to me like, I feel like Kurt looked to Blaine's like, oh, they're doing original songs. <laughs> in the whenever they did it before <laughs> well you have to wait until they've gotten like halfway through it and then yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh but yeah it's the they get a standing ovation at the end and i was just like i guess i'm glad it didn't happen in the middle like or at least we didn't see it happen in the middle because that that's usually what happens is they just like the audience is like standing and applauding the entire performance and i'm just like that's yeah at least this time it they saved it until the end but man it was not good enough for that um yeah that last song is just like such a mood killer because it's so bad okay The, no. Now we're gonna Somebody find out. Somebody wrote that song, I, and that's what makes me so sad about this. It's, it's like we talked about when they did original songs before as well. Like the songs they sing for the actual performances are just so bland and boring. Like every time, and you're just like, I understand that you're trying to write like a good pop number, and you think that there's like a formulaic way to do that, and like to some extent that's true, but you're you're not doing it right, like. They're not. They're not even following a good formula. Right. If that's the yeah. case, like none of these songs have been bops. Let's be real. <laughs> I think the boppiest was "Loser Like Me," but yeah, "Loser Like Me" wasn't wasn't bad in comparison like to other ones. Average pop song. I mean, obviously, the real one is "My Cup." My cup is such a bop. But <laughs> my cup, my, my cup, saying what's up to my cup, my cup. Well, more than a friend than a silly pup, my cup. Maggie, you're yeah. forgetting the most critical part, which is the ah bits that they do. Um, <laughs> but also, my headband is pretty good, too. Um, so, so, we get to the award ceremony, which thankfully doesn't yeah. have like some weird throwaway joke at the front. It just starts like. Instead, it's just Lady Marvelous. Yes, I guess <laughs> like presenting the trophies while doing some contortioning. Yeah. the The announcer does say, "No one likes a litter bug. Pick up your trash." <laughs> right, which honestly is better than like the woman who went up there and was like, "My husband doesn't love me," and you're just like, "What the <laughs> fuck?" But anyway, um, so the Waffle Toots get third place. They seem a little too excited for that, but I guess they're on TV, so that's nice. They- they did seem upset, though. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, it, what, 
they weren't like ecstatic in the way that other glee clubs have been to get third. Right. Yeah. Um, then we find out that, of course, as Maggie already pointed out earlier, the Hoosier daddies <laughs> get second and New Directions gets first. The Hoosier daddies are what the not happy about it, and neither am I, frankly. Like, fuck off, Glee. I'm so yeah. sick of it. This is the most unrealistic part of the episode because there's no way New Directions won that competition. Yeah. Not from what I saw, at least. Yeah. Because if, like, if the show wanted to make us believe that this was going to be the outcome, like, they should have made New Directions better. Yeah, the yeah. only reason I would think that it's realistic that New Directions won is because the judges were Racism. horrible. Yes. Yeah. And the judges were two white men, right? Yeah, so, well, a prison warden like, and a football, uh, like yeah. a like a disgraced white footballer. Exactly. Yeah. That's the only way it makes sense. Well, there's also... And that's why they need actual, like show choir professionals as their um <laughs> judges judges <laughs> yes yeah amazing um the the other note too is that as we saw the hoosier daddies only did two numbers and new directions did three which in the past has been pointed out as being actually what happens so <laughs> oh my god oh my god um yeah yeah so the this winning sequence is very similar to like the nationals winning sequence from last season Mm -hmm. where like everything just sort of goes quiet um as they like cheer and scream uh and there's like literal spark cannons like yeah are going off in the background this is at mckinley so like okay um unique and rider do hug in like this frenzy of activity they they don't hug they see each other and share no oh no, they oh, hug. Okay. I feel like they, they hug. hug. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they hug and then they're like, oh. oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and um, Ryder's like, oh, I'm grossed yeah. out. Um, yeah. And then that, in the next scene, they're they stand fairly close to each other, like uncharacter- yeah. uncharacteristically for Ryder. It feels like I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. But this. So but, yeah. Brit, th- it's all about Brittany's like mm-hmm. experience of this moment because we see her sitting on the risers and then suddenly the auditorium is just empty yes. and lit normally. Yes. The transition <laughs> is weird because it uses like the fireworks that are coming from like the side spark cannons as a way of like showing the passage of time because the lighting changes into like normal lighting, which honestly is actually kind of cool for the idea of like giving us a weird transition but it doesn't make a lick of sense Brittany like is there that's fine yeah though. and then Santana comes <laughs> and like picks her up and they walk off together to confirm that yes Brittana is back on the Brittana books. forever yeah. yes. <laughs> um so Brittana is endgame <laughs> yay end of season four so to end off the season for realsies we go back to the choir room um, where we find out that Wemma is getting married right now. Right. Yay, let's get it over with. Yes. <laughs> well, and I, I was telling Chris this when we were taking notes, but um, in retrospect, it's kind of obvious that they needed to figure out a way to do the wedding without involving Finn in any way whatsoever. So, yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Um, so uh, th- they bring in a priest. And Emma, we see Emma going outside and like holding her bouquet. And then she's welcomed back inside to walk down an aisle formed of New Directions members. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are humming the bridal chorus, but the piano melody on top is not that. 
Um, no, it's like a weird. It's like we've heard it before. I feel like it's like weird triumphant glee music that they do after they win <laughs> competitions. It's like like dissonant and like sort of ominous in that dissonance. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, th- there's like a romantic speech mm-hmm. that is first Emma and then Will. You know they yeah they do the speeches. They talk about the gum that was on her shoe in the pilot. Those things were cute. I remember them happening. Yes. Now I'm just sort of fed up with this relationship and how <laughs> shitty he's treated Emma. So I'm sort of over it in general. And then after the wedding, we see everyone celebrating. Blaine is just just eyeballing Kurt so hard. Um, <laughs> can Cannot really get his horrible demon eyes unglued. And we see <laughs> from the back that he is holding a very large box ring um, box in one yeah. of his hands it is a ring box in one of his hands just sort of playing with it and it's like so what's your plan bud? yeah ugh there's a there's a lot here too cuz like one the less fun thing so emma makes this speech and like it's kind of cute cuz there's a moment where she's like you're the one who always makes these big romantic speeches so now it's my turn and so she makes this speech she mentions the gum that's nice um, and then, of course, Will decides that he can't let Emma just do the speech for this. So he makes a speech, too. Um, but he he mentions when she w- took the Glee Club to Carmel High. And she and he's like, and you were wearing that red coat. And she's like, I love that coat. I got it on sale. And I was like, that is the best response to any time anyone's ever been like, oh, it was that one coat. And you're just like, oh, my God, I got that coat on sale. I love that coat. Um that's the most realistic human response. Yes. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Like, I would say that. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I have said that. Uh, probably. But there's also a moment where the preacher calls them Wemma, and I was like, fuck right on out of here. Like, ooh, I cringe so hard. <laughs> it's so stupid. There's no way you know that word. Go away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, it's it's this writer's, like, acknowledging, like, isn't this what you wanted? <laughs> Fandom. We know Look, what you, we used one of yeah. your we used one of your words. Aren't you pleased? Oh, and yes, we will be teasing that claim proposal. Ooh, isn't it delicious? Is and this, then um yeah. Well, yeah. Is this one of those moments where like the writers are now privy to the word, so now the fandom no longer likes the word? I mean did that happen? I don't think or? any I think <laughs> yeah. it's I think it's more of like um they like the relationship that Will and Emma had was so disgusting oh. that everyone was like, this is bad. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I feel like part of the problem is that the fandom doesn't really like Emma at this point. I would hope because no. I don't, I fucking hate Will. I feel, I think you're overestimating yeah, them. Maybe. Um, the, <laughs> the more fun note that I have is that there's a bit where Will is like, can we just skip to the I do's? And the preacher is like, Absolutely. I have a reservation at breadsticks too. Because Emma also told us that the 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 wedding will end. They're gonna go get breadsticks. Which again brings up this weird fucking fascination that everyone in this town has with goddamn breadsticks. That place is rolling in the dough, if you know what I mean. Maybe the sticks are just really good. Well like the uh, <laughs> I'm glad that Chris laughed at your dumb dough joke. I, I also, I'm over here dying, like for real. I, <laughs> it's so bad. I the other thing I was thinking is like one, maybe the building is like cursed. Um, and yeah, okay. Or two, it's like a money laundering scheme. 
like i just that's yeah i think it's just like the only restaurant i i I, yeah that is what i truly believe that there's that one weird gay bar that (laughs) curtain blaine went they definitely had to go somewhere else for that i think but and there's breadsticks like those are the two big places there's also the coffee shop maggie the lima bean Oh, sure, of course. Yeah, but you can't have an af- wedding after party there. I mean, you could. I would love to have coffee after oh. a wedding. But you're right. Probably not the best place for a reception. Also, probably not breadsticks, because we're going to play that fucking music the entire fucking time. <laughs> uh, but that is the end of season four. Yes. And now it's time for the podcast Cast business. Podcast business. Podcast business. Okay. But it's a metaphor. And metaphors are important. Gold stars are important. Because gold stars are a metaphor for me being a star. I was singing in the tune of All for Nothing. So. <laughs> oh. I was singing in the breadsticks music. Nice. Um, <laughs> so. Anyway, I have no excuse. <laughs> so this, <laughs> as we do every week, we're gonna go over Gold Star's best numbers and ratings. Um, so as, as as we always do, we like to we like to reward characters for doing a, just a a bang bang up job for an episode by giving them a gold star in the same way that Rachel gives herself gold stars all the time. So, uh, I think. Who 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 wants to go first for their gold star this week? I can go first. Okay. Great. <clears throat> uh, so I'm going to give my gold star to Marley Ooh. because mm. she was a really good friend um, yeah. for covering for Unique mm-hmm. and also True. for kind of being there for Unique in her really tough time. So, yeah, I, I mean, I like yeah. it. I mean, yeah. I wish we'd seen more yes. of their relationship. Yes. Have um, you, like, I'm hoping we get more unique in season five, but. I am so scared that this writer, you, like, the, they're making unique the catfish in order to, like, kind of shepherd her out the door as well, along with writer, mm. which I really hope isn't the case, mm. but I have a feeling might be the case, so. It's the most interesting character yeah, I, I mean <laughs> yeah right up there with tina um maggie how about you i'm tempted to give my gold star to either jan or liz the lesbians Ooh, yes um That's but good. like they're not going to be in any other episode ever right. maybe maybe they'll be at clane's wedding eventually i could see that yeah. happening but we like, caused this as like <laughs> <laughs> we have Why brought this that? on the world the walk blind down the aisle yeah um, um <laughs> as is gay moms uh but since that probably isn't gonna happen and I, it feels just sort of like i don't know like sort of gross that they're like oh we're gonna include these gay people for a single episode yeah. don't don't you feel emotional right yeah <laughs> look at all this emotional resonance we, resonance we've caused with you feel it um so I'm going to give my gold star to Brittany mm-hmm. uh, because of the 95 thesis. Yes. Um, yes. And um, I don't know. I sort of liked her Brittany 3.0 sort of vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, also, breaking up with Sam was inevitable. I'm glad it's done. <laughs> Over text also is pretty good. Um, Love that. Yeah. So uh, for my gold star, I'm going to split it in half. It's funny because Maggie, Maggie kind of described where I'm at. I'm giving half to Jan specifically. I like Liz too, but I'm giving half nice. to Jan mostly because Jan had more lines. Um, and also, 
I don't know. As much as I don't like the fact that she kind of like acknowledges that Blaine's like whole thing is mostly a political stunt and she's kind of in for it. Like I still <laughs> like her. Like you said, there's emotional resonance. I can't help it. She's, she's an old lesbian and she proposes. Ugh, it's beautiful. But um, the other half I'm giving to Brittany mostly like <laughs> I do just everything like the best part about this is that not only is she like having her Santana moment where she's just mean to people, but like the fondue for two thing is brilliant. It's oh, genius. Her fondues like, for two are amazing. This episode, yeah. they've been amazing all season. Yes. She's like hitting her stride. I wish that like her exit from the show instead of going to MIT was like Brittany becoming a YouTube star. <laughs> I mean, if it was coming out nowadays, maybe, um, also, Maybe. that's part of it too. Is I also wanted to acknowledge Brittany because I this feels so obvious as like her departure from the show that I'm like I have to do it now. I won't get another chance. So, I think she will be back. Yeah. Um, because I read a, a, like a wiki fun fact trivia on Fondue for Two that it's in the rest of the show. Huh. Like Fondue for Two should be in season five, six, and seven. I mean, oh, five thank God. Oh my God. No I had seven. a heart attack. Thank God. <laughs> oh God. Um, but yeah, but I, I figure she'll probably be in them as like, you know, kind of the way that like Sue is now. Parts. Yeah. And Br- I mean, Britannia is a right. game, so they do have to get there at some point. And Brittany needs to be on the show for that to happen. Sure. So. Um, let's move on to the second. Oh. Th- thank you for humoring me, I guess. <laughs> uh, so let's move to the second part of the podcast business. The best number. Uh, Maggie, can you walk us through what the numbers were for this episode? The numbers this episode were love you more. The Celine Dion number by Rachel Berry as her exit from the season. <laughs> the uh, my cup reprise. Oh, sure. <laughs> the. Do 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 fondue for two theme song if you want to include that. <laughs> yep. yep. And then I think we're gonna go right into regionals mm-hmm. where we have Rainbow Connection by the Waffle Toots, uh, the Who's Your Daddies sing Clarity and Wings, and then the Glee Club sings Hall of Fame, I Love It, and All for Nothing, and that's it. Yeah. Great. I mean, like most regionals episodes like most competition episodes a lot of the music is focused in the in the competition and that's fine um chris since you started with gold stars uh do you want to tell us what you think the best number was so i don't really have to say much besides clarity right (laughs) yeah i mean it's pretty clear um yeah maggie i'm actually gonna give mine to wings the other who's your daddy number i i actually also picked wings mostly because it features more of the other women in that group that's and like oh I mean, to be fair, obviously the Hoosier Daddies were the star group or star group for this episode. But like, <laughs> I, th- I think the reason I picked Clarity is because it's the one I'd heard before this episode. Oh, sure. Mm. Um, but they were both so good. Yeah. No, that's fair. And like, honestly, the choreography on both of the numbers is really good. Oh, it's just so good. And the New Direction sucks and they shouldn't have won. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um not so hot take (laughs) so uh the lukewarm take (laughs) so the last piece of the podcast business as per usual um like chris said we're gonna be some real bullies uh we're gonna go ahead and slushy this episode based on how much we disliked it uh just because you know getting i find slushing of this episode bullying and i will not well you're gonna do it anyway (laughs) (laughs) maggie if you don't do it you don't get to be my best man at my wedding so how about that (laughs) 
So uh, to keep oh to keep news to me, to keep the order. Chris, how many times would you like to slice you this episode? Out of okay. four. Okay. I Dang. was really upset by the unique storyline. Mm-hmm. I was very yeah, upset that big. New Directions won this competition. Mm-hmm. I'm very upset that this show exists. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's a good point. I'm very upset that my boyfriend is making me watch every episode of this show. No, I enjoy watching it with him. <laughs> the harder part is the notes, honestly. If I just had to watch the damn show, I would just do it and it'd be over. But unfortunately, we do have to slog through it. Yeah. So. I do the- enjoy the weekly, oh, I have to watch Glee again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Meg, yeah. yeah, that's a big mood. Uh, I'm going to be giving the episode three out of five. I have a lot of similar feelings to Chris, especially about the the catfishing storyline in mm-hmm. general. I think it was honestly a bad choice from the very beginning. Um, if they had the u- unique as catfish in mind, especially, um, yeah, and the uh, the the fact that the Who's Your Daddy's lost is just it doesn't make any fucking sense in universe. Right. Ex- except for the racism thing, yeah. um, which is also bad. So it deserves slushies too. Yeah. Um, I'm also going to give it three out of five. Uh, the The thing about it, like I completely agree about the catfishing storyline. Honestly, like when you brought up the fact that if they had, I feel like part of it is I can kind of understand where like the idea of having like being like, oh, Unique, you know, finds this person attractive and she doesn't feel comfortable, you know, approaching him about it because, as we find out, he's a raging transphobe and, unfortunately, he's just kind of a bad person. And, like, I mean, honestly, if we had gotten Unique's side of this story, I think... I'm not saying it would have been good. I'm just saying it might have been slightly more palatable. It might have been like, a better TV yeah. show. Hey! Um, the other thing, though, is, like... I can't, I I mean, obviously I'm upset that New Directions won. It's bullshit. But the problem is we've been with this show for so fucking long at this point. Of course the New Directions won. They had to win. They don't know how to do Lost. They tried to do it in season one and they didn't do a very good job of it. So like. They tried to do it in this season and then they wrote it out. Exactly. Like, it's just unfortunate. But the, the nice thing is that like the Hoosier Daddies did a really good job. The performances by the New Directions aren't, like, god-awful. They're still fine, at the worst. Nobody collapses. Exactly. I I still can't get over the choice to, like, work apathy into your performance. <laughs> I don't understand that creative choice. Yeah. And that is probably where my extra slushy came from, because it's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I yes. feel you. I'm the one who harps on the tempos, so, like, yeah. Oh, God. Um, I mean, the rest of it... Um, and that yeah. closes the season. Yes. We are finished. Well, we have watched all of season four, which means that we have to do a recap episode next yes. week. Where we are going to discuss best numbers of the season, um, best characters. We, we've we sort of gone back and forth on whether we decide a best soloist as opposed to best solo. <laughs> right. So yeah. we'll see how it goes this mm-hmm. season. You know, honestly, um, looking back at season four, I feel like I can barely remember. <laughs> yes, that's see, that's gonna be the fun part about next week is not not only we're gonna learn all these things, we're also gonna have to remember what actually fucking happened this season because in general it was just garbage. Lots of garbage just kind of fell down the chute, and I just don't remember. 
But it's going to be yeah. a lot of, oh, yeah, that happened. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you listeners have anything you would like uh, to share with us in terms of what you think the best uh, solos slash soloists, uh, the best cor- uh, numbers, group numbers, the best characters, best episodes, best whatever the hell. Like, what what did you like about season four? Want to hear? I think it could be fun for us to decide if New York or Ohio <laughs> yeah, is better. Where, th- um, where and- the show should be. Yes. <laughs> and I think it could also be fun to make a new glist. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, or, uh, I mean... Also ask the questions like, where did Joe and Sugar go? <laughs> where is Adam? Right. <laughs> yeah. Where it? Where are they? Um, yeah. But those questions will probably never be answered. Anyway, tune oh. in next week for that recap episode. And then we'll be jumping right into season five. So I get a week break mm-hmm. of not watching you Glee. You do, actually. Which, <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you want to contact us. So you excited. Can, so elated. You can reach us on Twitter <laughs> at SNMHakeLee or by email, SNMHakeLee at gmail.com. Um, like we said last week. If you really want to make sure something gets on the show, email is probably a better way to go. But uh, you can also find our Instagram at SNM Hakely. Uh, Maggie likes to post things there. And you can also find our Patreon, yeah. patreon.com slash SNM um, where we, you know, have some extra bonus content that goes up as well as uh, we push our donations to uh, good causes like the Trans Law Center, which at a time like this is honestly really important. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you for having oh, me. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. Yes, Chris, thank you so much for being here. Oh, I'm my sorry God, I'm not good at like, podcasting. <laughs> no, that was really awkward and, like, so bad for me and Sam that you had to be like, thank you for having well, me. to be fair, I tell Chris all of my thoughts about Glee all the time. So this just kind of feels run of the mill. But thank you so much for joining us. This is my life in a podcast. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us, Chris, and letting us know your thoughts. It's wonderful to have you and maybe we'll have you back in the future um but until next time when we go over season four as a season oh god um i've been sam i've been very emotionally scarred by this show chris <laughs> i've been maggie and we hate glee on the top <laughs> Ha <laughs> <laughs>